In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duberman. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about elections. Impeachment. And a very weird story about T.I. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Ah! You're the pop- it's alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Especially because now that you say that out loud, I've only been reading the story. It's like T.I. is very close to U.T.I. Yes. And given the I've, context of this mm-hmm. story... Very true. Yeah. Very yeah. true. But we'll get into that later. We'll get, we'll into, get into that it. way later. Yeah. Elise, what's getting you through the week? Oh, I'm so excited to talk about yes. this. So, um, guys, there were elections this week. Hello. Off your elections were this week. Um, and they went very well. They went very well. For the Democrats, I yeah. would say. Uh, so I'm going to focus today on my, my home state of Virginia where Democrats won back a majority in both state houses. So the the House and the Senate of Virginia are both blue. This is for the first time in two decades. Is this like huge for people like people, you know, in communities there? Like, is it like finally? Because I think it's a huge deal. I mean, so I'm from northern Virginia, which is the very blue part of Virginia. So like. My part of Virginia has been blue for a long time and is kind of the reason why in like presidential and like not yeah. like in like like fully statewide elections, there has been a lot of Democrats yeah. winning like governors, senators. For, it went for Hillary and Obama and all that stuff. I always forget it's a Democratic governor because he had a blackface scandal. Yes. Yes. Uh, and he's just fine. He, yeah. just rode, he just rode that wave. Yeah. Uh, and like <laughs> Democrats actually won. So yeah. I guess I guess I guess that's how bad Trump is. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but. When it comes down to these local elections and you're actually going toward Virginia's huge, first of all, I think it's like the way it looks on the map, you don't really realize how enormous the state is. And much of that is rural. So when you're actually going and like breaking it down by communities, it has been hard to flip the state houses. And also Democrats weren't really trying. Yeah. But in these past couple of years, a lot of people, a lot of like first time uh, candidates came out of the woodwork to play put up challenges uh so one interesting thing um is that so back in june after uh there was a shooting in virginia beach there was a mass shooting uh governor northam blackface governor yeah (laughs) he tried to uh put up a bill about gun violence he wanted to he wanted to hold a legislative session to address gun violence in the hopes that a bill would come out of it and the republican majority adjourned after 90 minutes they didn't take up a single bill they were like no f you this is the emergency one right where he was like we need to come back and talk about this yes and they were like no we don't which like virginia is one of those states where like you can get a gun just kind of for a smile so uh it's like 
it was worth talking about. But in this last election cycle, every town put up $2.5 million to back Democrats in Virginia, and the NRA only put in thir- uh 350,000, a little over 350,000 for Republican candidates. I which wonder I think, why. Did they I think, think the they NRA, were fine? Are they bleeding money? I think they're bleeding money. I think there's, I think the whole I'm sorry, bleeding wasn't a good choice. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. We, they are, I was, about to say, money. I was about to say hemorrhaging money, and I was like, that's actually also really bad. Yeah. They're losing a lot they're of money. They're losing a lot of money. And they are not financially stable, and that is what is going on here. Uh, and like I just feel like this whole year they've been in chaos. They totally. had like all that yeah. leadership stuff. So maybe drama, just... drama, drama. Also, I don't think that it candidates want to be associated with right. them as much anymore. Like the NRA as an organization feels kind of tainted. It does at this point. Yeah, uh, and I don't I don't feel bad about that at all. But yeah. um, my favorite story coming out of Virginia, and this is what's like really getting me through the week, yeah. is um, do you remember back in 2017? A woman got fired because she was riding her bike next to Trump's motorcade and she gave him the finger. Totally. The picture's just like, it's like the most pointed, like, middle flipping of the bird you've ever seen. It's like, like, I'm going to give you the finger. Right. Like, there's no way if she had wanted to, she could be like, that's not what I I was doing. I was scratching my nose. You know, it was very clear. Uh, She (laughs) lost, so she lost her job for doing that. And she just got elected. To uh, as a state official in Virginia. Yes, she, girl. <laughs> she was elected to the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors. Loudoun County, actually kind of a nearby county to my county. Okay. So I love that. Um, she will represent a district where Donald Trump's golf club is. Amazing. And she un- she unsat an eight-year Republican. That's wild. That's I just huge. Love- this is happening everywhere. Just I like- know. I just love that at this point, Trump is so unpopular that just flipping him off, people are like, you <laughs> yeah. know what? We should elect this person to right. office. Like, this girl's got, this woman's thinking outside the box. She's got great ideas. Right. We need to get her yeah. into government. I'm sure she ran on other things yeah. and stuff like that, but I love that, like, as that being your opening right. kind of pitch, and yeah. it is successful. People right. are like, no, I actually love that about you. I know, totally. Whenever I always think, I'm like, what would I do when I was around him to, like, really, it's bad because it's like, I'll walk around. I'll think I'll see like a lawmaker. I'm like, ooh, what would I have said? I'm like, you know what? I'm really not like earnestly like I want to confront them publicly as a as a voter. I'm like, I could become famous. Yeah, yes. It's like, what will I like? I could go viral yeah, right now. Right. right. Um, another great thing is that Danica Rome, who actually won in the last round of off year elections and became the first openly trans person in the Virginia state legislature, is now the first openly trans person to be reelected yeah. to the Virginia state legislature. So we love that. I was we trying to think Rome. to myself, like, what does that affirm for us? You know, like reelected. Yeah. Like, I guess that we liked her. We, yeah. we, we didn't turn on her because I'm yeah. sure there have been campaign gross campaigns against her. She had an anti LGBT uh, oh, uh, yeah, challenger she ran against. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Super anti LGBT person. And also it's like. It's kind of showing that the the cultural shift that's happening is more long lasting. I think like it wasn't yeah, just this flash in the pan right. reaction to Trump. It's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna elect a trans woman to stick it to Trump. It's right. like, no, we're gonna elect her because she's the best candidate, yeah. uh, regardless of her gender identity and yes. whatever. So I think 
that's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. It is. It is sort of. It's funny and heartening that like as we make more and more progress and more diverse faces are finally like a, like representing us that the way that we our firsts are getting weirder and weirder. Yes, it's like, like getting yeah, Katie Hill getting was more like, specific. Yeah. Katie Hill was like the first openly bisexual representative from California. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's it's like, it's like, a good I sign. I can't wait to be like the first half Jew with blue eyes. Elected yes. to something. Yeah, elected to the school board. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah exactly. And wherever I end up. But it's thrilling. But it is it is a good... Yeah, like, it's a great problem to have. We've been knocking down a lot of the major first. Totally. Right. Uh, Even still just gotta get the, that female president, though. That would that, be... We still, do you ever just, like, forget that that's still... And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, oh, yeah, we have not Are done that yet. Are you kidding me? Right. We have not checked that very big box right. up. Right, yeah. We have um, an interview running at the end of this episode mm-hmm. with... Um, uh, vice president a big a big wig at like emily's list so oh, awesome. i call her a queen maker yes and it's just it's weird to have these conversations about how many women are getting elected and how it's like not e- like the electability question where it's like if you look you have like black women getting elected in republican districts and yes it's like we still haven't had a, a, a female fu- president what? i know yeah. and they actually the daily just did a whole thing about people like calling uh in michigan and iowa and stuff and uh, like like polling different people about who they're voting for, and Elizabeth Warren is facing a lot of like issues in those states. And some of them, they they had one question that was like, "Do you feel like most female candidates have not had what it takes to be president?" And they phrased Eek. it that way to kind of give people make people feel less sexist for the yeah, sexist yeah, thing yeah, they're yeah. about to say. Like yeah. they, they like came up with the question in a really particular way. And a lot of people said yes. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of the conversation that you'll hear at the end of this is we were talking about how like because Hillary Clinton has done it twice, she's sort of the only model that we have for like what would a female candidate look like. And yeah. she was very problematic and troubled as a candidate yeah. in a lot of ways. But we just sort of associate it with like a woman candidate. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, obviously, Elizabeth Warren is very, I feel like, is extremely different, so different. as a candidate yeah. than Hillary. But it's it's interesting to see people like lump them together just because they are two women, right? Which right, is, right. yeah, you know, Speaking, I guess they have a similar haircut. They do. That's probably it. And that yeah. is that does that'll do a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of women's rights and equality, didn't, yes. didn't the Virginia election like it could have actually kind of monumental consequences for? Women's equality? Yes. Um, so Virginia became the 38th state. It could become. Could. Okay. It could be- also become, sorry, the 38th state to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment now because it has this Democratic yeah. majority state legislature. So um, for those of you who don't know, the ERA was an amendment that was written. Um, it guarantees equal rights regardless of sex. Uh, it was passed by in Congress in 1972. But because it's an amendment, you have to get 38 states to ratify it. Um, 37 have. 37 have. Uh, basically, at the time, a bunch of states ratified it really, really quickly. 35 states did it really quickly. And then there's this woman named Phyllis yeah. Schlafly, yeah. who was like a conservative lady activist who basically did this huge campaign to get no other states to ratify it. And that's kind of why it stopped and the yeah. ERA wasn't able to happen. Now, if Virginia does this, the next it it doesn't mean that immediately the Equal Rights Amendment is a thing, because unfortunately, Congress put a deadline on when it needed to be ratified. uh, And we have passed that deadline. It was 1982. So we have missed it. They were like, that'll be plenty of time. That's going to be. No, no, no. Um, Try 
like i was not born in 1992 it's so funny and even a couple states have like rescinded their um trying to remember which they were i think it's like kentucky idaho one of the dakotas but i'm gonna put on instagram because you should know if your state has rescinded Rescinded ratification of the yeah yeah but there's been a lot of talk about this lately like people there are actually presidents precedents for like having a deadline and then being like well we make deadlines we can also make them go away yeah exactly we could just do this i mean depends on the will of with this current senate i don't know if that's gonna happen but Considering that we might have a different Senate in right. a little less than a year exactly. from now, it's just something to keep thinking about. Uh, Rep. Jackie Spear from California and Ben Cardin of Maryland uh, introduced legislation in 2017 that would remove the deadline from the ERA. Uh, but you know, yeah. Again, it's just so funny to me because it's like, well, we didn't do it on time. When when has Congress done anything on time? Never. I don't. Never. I can't. I mean, didn't we shut down the government like fifteen times, times right. and then just keep extending yes. it? Right. Also, isn't, that's what I was thinking too. Isn't Brexit just getting a perpetual extension yeah. of it's like? What are these deadlines? I know. I love that it's only yeah, yeah, when yeah. it's right deadlines for women anything. that it's like, yeah. no, this is a hard and fast. I know. Deadline. If I was still like in school, I'd be like, well, deadlines aren't real. Yeah. You really thought I'd have that paper in? I know you just I mean they just need to email the the teacher and be like I'm sick yeah someone died yeah (laughs) I had a family America had a family emergency (laughs) and we needed we need an extension on the deadline exactly yeah um but obviously with Mitch McConnell in charge of the Senate it's hard to talk about but speaking of Mitch McConnell yeah Amanda What's been getting you through this? So Mitch McConnell's home state of Kentucky now has a Democratic governor for now we think well I guess so this guy named Andy Bashir yes is the Democrat he ran against the incumbent, this man named Matt Bevin, who Kentuckians like hate. Yes. He's not popular. He's done. He's messed with teachers. He has not been a good governor. He um, so he like ha- he got in a fight with the teachers and they went on strike. And then while they were on the strike, he went on TV and was like, I guarantee that a child was sexually assaulted today <laughs> because the teachers went on strike. Really? Yep. Oh, my God. See, I knew you would know about this. Yeah. yeah. And I was it's just like. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then he lost his election. Right. So. He lost by a very narrow margin. Yes. Um, it was by about 5,000 votes. Bashir got 49.2 about with Bevan at 48.8. Um, Bevan is refusing to concede. The yes. state secretary of state has said we looks like Bashir won. Uh, Bashir also, um, his dad was governor of Kentucky. Kentucky is mm-hmm. one of those states that has a lot of registered Democrats and tends to put Democrats in charge of their state, but yeah. put Republicans in charge of the country. Um, that's fun. Right. That's yeah. fun for everybody else. Totally. I know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I like, love we that. Want, I, it's the craziest. Yeah, we want to do policies for us, right, but right. not for everybody right, else. Right. Like <laughs> I need the Medicaid extension. Yeah. But Medicare for all sounds wild. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's this. This peaceful turnover of office doesn't seem like it will go that way. Um, Bevan is refusing to concede. He cited irregularities in the electoral process without having any evidence. He just suggested there was some sort of voter fraud. So he's requested a re-canvas. Mm-hmm. Kentucky doesn't have formal laws. So a recount is like you straight up recount all the votes. A re-canvas is you're like making sure you added all the individual tallies together, right? Yeah. Making sure the machines worked, I believe. It's like less intense than a recount. I guess there's something interesting about Kentucky and how they do this process because it so rarely happens. Re-canvases, the most successful or biggest re-canvas was when Bernie Sanders, also in Kentucky, mm-hmm. asked for it during the primary. They did it and they uh, it, it showed that Sanders then got 13 more votes than he had originally. And that wow. was like the biggest margin ever. Um, this man needs 5,000. Yeah. Um, that's like, 
I mean, it was a very, very small margin. There were 1.4 million votes cast and Bevin lost by 5,000. But the thing is, it's like, it's very, very unlikely that 5,000 votes were miscalculated or yeah. wrong. He's saying something about absentee ballots. I feel like he's probably inspired by that. Like, remember when Tiffany Caban, we thought she became the new Queen's DA. Yes. And then she ended up losing by about 60 votes when they counted everything. But again, the Secretary of State is like, yeah, he won. But now, so after the re-canvas, um, the Secretary of State said she'll do it. But the Republican-led legislature wants to be the one who decides who wins. They say there's mm. something weird in their laws that, like, they can he can contest the results and then it will go to the Republican-led state Senate and they can basically decide uh, the outcome of the election. That has not been used to settle elections since 19 – or, excuse me, 1899. I don't think this is super likely to happen because it just seems like it would be mayhem. Like, you yeah. and I – we would have to go to Kentucky and, and yeah. fuck some shit up. Yeah, and, like, it seems like – you have the to have world evidence. at large has accepted what has happened right. here. And yeah. this is just Matt Bevan having like a little bit yeah. of a fit, which we should honestly, it's actually good that he's doing this because it's sort of a dress rehearsal for when Trump yes. absolutely 100% right. does exactly the it's same so thing. It's so funny because it's like he's he's trying to overturn the results of an election mm-hmm. while his party is insisting that Democrats are trying to do that to the president. Yeah, it's also like he's like something happened. What's going on with these voting no, machines? Yeah. Blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know, man. You're the governor. Like, right. aren't you the one right. who's in charge of right. doing this? Completely. Yeah. Like, it's not like Andy Bashir wasn't in charge of doing this. No. no, you were. Yeah. And also to contest it, you have to have like credible evidence that something went wrong, and it doesn't really look like they're going to yeah. have that. So that's fucking terrifying. Um, yeah, I mean, that sucks. I mean, Matt Bevin seems particularly yeah, horrible. He, seems he was shitty. the most unpopular governor in yeah. the U.S. Right. But what's fun is that Mitch McConnell is less popular in That's Kentucky unbelievable. than yeah. Matt Bevin was. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah. The state also elected its first African-American attorney general. That rocks. I put this on Instagram and everybody was like, but he's a Republican. I was like, I know, but he's still the first black attorney general. Yeah, we can still. Yeah, that's fine. It's, it still counts. Yeah, it still counts. And he is apparently I was reading that um, he's kind of a protege of Mitch McConnell's like he's being groomed either to take McConnell's seat if McConnell manages to hold on to it and then dies and retires or something or governor. It sounds like. Oh, my God, we have a black conservative Republican. Let's put him either as governor yeah. or a senator or wherever we need him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're like, yes. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Come with us, please. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty <laughs> a conservative. A black conservative Republican who wants to be Mitch McConnell's <laughs> protege. Like, I know. We only get one of those in a thousand years. <laughs> truly, truly. So a strong blue wave really suggesting that like really strong evidence that it kind of made me think like, what if 2020 is like just like a landslide i really feel like what it shows and what i hope the dnc and like you know all the people who are running take from this is that every state is in play totally and they shouldn't obviously we need to focus on winning back the states that trump won but actually he's running really competitively there in a way that's like different than other states like there's there's a lot of evidence to say it might be easier for democrats to flip Texas than to get back Wisconsin which is crazy but like I think that this just shows that like the strategy for 2020 needs to be every state on the ground no holds barred it works when we do that yeah Yeah, it's all winnable and we always talk about one of Hillary's biggest mistakes is just like taking states for granted that she Mm -hmm. thought were going to be blue that that flipped red or whatever and I think it's like now we need to know we need to go into this and be like we have a 50 state plan yeah 
Like nothing totally. is off the table for right. us. Yeah. As we're talking about this, I'm realizing Sammy and I have been talking a little bit about making sure we're being transparent about mm-hmm. our perspective, which yeah. I think we are. But sometimes people um, make comments like this is very biased. And we're like, yeah, we have we have yeah. a perspective that we we want to are proud of and we, we yeah. want to be really informative. And I think we are. But yeah, I mean, yeah. we're discussing how Democrats. We definitely yeah. want Democrats to win in 2020. Right. So you, you, you <laughs> don't need to put that in our podcast reviews. Yeah. We're aware. Um, <laughs> we're aware. Exactly. And we signal that as frequently as we can. We're not trying to trick anybody yeah, into exactly. listening. To, yeah, exactly. Uh, 100%. Yeah. So yeah. if you're confused, just so you know. Yeah, yeah like, I think we're, we are pretty transparent. 100%. Right. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Main news. Okay. Main news. Stuff. We're going to breeze through this. There have been a lot of updates, but you you know, it sometimes just gets repetitive at this point. Yeah. It feels like a game of telephone. Like Bill Taylor said that Sondland told him that Giuliani told him that Trump wants this. Um, yeah. But since we last spoke, we've got lots of news. Transcripts of private testimony have been made public. Public hearings are going to start next Wednesday. Starting with Bill Taylor. Starting with the Bill Taylor. Off. I'm excited. The opener. Yeah. So let's Opening talk about strong. the new transcripts. I mean, what yes. what for you was the most notable thing we that came out of all these new transcripts the, the most notable thing for me was that gordon sondland <laughs> yeah. who we know from the text as being the guy who was like no trump's not doing that yeah uh he sent a letter to congress revising his testimony saying like oh actually I, you know what <laughs> come to think of it i actually did tell the ukrainian <laughs> the like the government of ukraine that they had to give us dirt on the bidens yeah. or else they wouldn't get a white house meeting i'm now remembering that i did do that yeah, it refreshed his recollection reading yeah his other he friends. was saying that like watching the news yeah. reminded him of this conversation this he had which is i don't so know funny. if he's dumb or just like really 
really sinister. Sondland's the one who said in his who made note in his testimony that his wife did not want that him was to Taylor. work for Trump. That was oh, Taylor. Oh damn! I thought yeah. it was Sondland because yeah. I was about to be like, I'm sure Sondland didn't either. But Sondland is the one who like, so he. He he's the Trump donor that became ambassador to the EU was really involved with Ukraine, which is weird because Ukraine's not in the EU. Yeah, he originally stopped supporting Trump during the election after Trump um, insulted and spoke disparagingly about the family of the Muslim veteran, yes, the Khan family. Yeah, and then he was like, "I'm out." And then I guess once Trump won, he was like, "All right, I'm back in. Here's a million dollars." And also, Gordon Sondland, he's from Portland, Oregon. What happened? Yeah, what happened? Mm. Yeah. Sneaky, so, sneaky. right. Yeah. He said, I now he, he remembers telling um, the top Ukrainian official that he needed his his boss, the president of Ukraine, needed to make this statement in order to get their money. And this is big because it confirms that a Trump administration official, which is what Sondland is, told Ukraine that there was a quid pro quo. Yeah. Yeah. This is sort of the big blockbuster news. Uh, it, was, it was also interesting because they kept being like, um, he he tried to make the argument that he didn't realize that when Rudy Giuliani yeah. said Burisma that he was talking about the Bidens and they were like, well, do you like watch TV? Like, yeah. have you been paying attention to what's going on? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he had to kind of try to say like that he doesn't ever watch oh, I TV. He, said he watches HBO. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I watch. He's like, I've been watching Game of Thrones, man. Like, I don't watch the news. That's why I thought the shit was fine. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I've, I, I, now that I testified before Congress, yeah, I did tune into the news and I. It, it reminded me of a couple things. I just think it's really funny for him. To- it's like 300 pages of testimony. But my favorite part of it is the line where he says, I mean, this has been a very bad experience for me. <laughs> I bet, like, Gordo. I bet it's been rough. Like, especially because you... He could have gone to jail. He could have gone to jail. Also, Still he chose to lie right. many times and then be like actually no okay you know what actually i remember yeah. um never mind i was actually watching so i was watching game of thrones <laughs> and it reminded me of this sneaky thing that i right. did right. um some of the stuff that's going on politically with them jogged my memory yeah. also i paid a million dollars to get into this mess yeah exactly he's yeah. like why why did i do yeah this? they asked so i saw there's a clip where a reporter sort of cornered lindsey graham after this happened and was like well what do you think now like this guy says there's quid pro quo and graham said i've written this whole process off i think it's a bunch of bs so just straight up saying like it's i just no. yeah i'm not gonna pay attention to anything that these people say though of course when gordon sondland was like there was no quid pro quo every republican is like oh look at this yeah. He said there wasn't one. And then he comes back and he's like, no, yeah. it was. And they're like, he's not credible. The whole system doesn't make any sense. Right. It's funny. It's just. They're just unraveling. They don't know what eyes. to do. Yeah. They yeah. don't know what to do. No, they don't know. What I to mean, do. they're getting we're getting to the point where they're going to just have to be like crimes are OK. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like they've been doing that dance for a while. Right now, what they're doing, the senators, at least, are a lot of them are hiding behind being like, well, if this trial comes to the Senate, I'm a juror so right. in the trial, so I can't comment on anything. Oh, right, yeah. Because then I will seem biased. Exactly. And it's just like eyes roll all the way back into my head on that one. Yeah, yikes. Uh, but they released Bill Taylor's transcript as well. And yeah. I'm sure that will go... This all of this information will be gone over, yeah, yet again, right? In I, I felt like this, this. So they released his public test, the, his private testimony, but his original opening statement, which we were able to see, was already pretty damning. And this just sort of adds to that, adds some colorful details. He is the one that like said, "My wife didn't want me to take this job," and then never addresses it again. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, there was a straight up quid pro quo." And then Adam Schiff in the transcript was like, "Just to clarify, you know, quid pro quo means this for that." And he's like, "Yes, I know that." And he's mm-hmm. sort of like 
throughout is like, if I think there was a quid pro quo, there was one. I'm not an idiot. Like, yeah. And also I'm the ambassador, right? He was, yeah, he was the ambassador for a few years, I believe during, Ooh, I believe during the Bush administration, mm-hmm. he left during Obama's. And then after they recalled Ivanovich, they were like, hey, can you be the ambassador for a while? Can you sort of fill in? I don't think he resumed that title, but he had the role. So like acting. Yeah. Ambassador. And when you read his opening statement, we talked about this before. He's like, a, he really cares about Ukraine. He really wants them to do well. He really, really. I think that's why. Yeah. He like earnestly pursued why none of this was happening yeah. and then started to see that there were some really sketchy things going on. And he just confirmed that he was like, I, I just really liked him. He was like, I wouldn't. I'm not an idiot. I'm saying, yes, these things happened. This is what yeah. I saw. And this is the only deduction. I'm, you can't like, gaslight me into thinking that conversations I-, I was a part of didn't take place, which must be the craziest part of like going on to one of these hearings and being one of like being like a Bill Taylor is having senators mm-hmm. S- mm-hmm. staring at you and being like, do you really know that this happened? Because I feel like truly anything, even like that I ate like, a toast totally. and an egg this morning if someone was like did you really i i'd be like i don't know maybe exactly oh yeah maybe that was yesterday am i right. getting am i hungry now like what happened yeah so I mean, these guys were false prosecutors probably getting false confessions from people yeah um taylor also really tied giuliani to everything yeah which we also know but he really talked about kind of painted this picture of Giuliani as like the force behind this entire thing. Yeah. And what I found credible about what he said and sort of interesting is he was like, because people have been like, oh my God, why does Giuliani anywhere near this? And he was like, you know, it's not like crazy for a president to have like sort of an ally or somebody um, kind of work to work their context abroad Mm -hmm. in the interest of national security and national policy. But like the problem here is that Rudy Giuliani was just doing that to help Trump personally. He wasn't doing it to help the United States. In fact, this policy ran counter to what we were trying to do in the United States. (sighs) Yeah. So next week is public testimony. Which is going to be awesome. Yeah. Bill Taylor is going first. And I'm sure that's no accident because he's going to have a lot of damning stuff to say. Yeah. Oh, another thing I thought was interesting is that Taylor said that uh, John Bolton, Pompeo, oh, yeah. the Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, Gina Haspel of the CIA, all tried to have a meeting with Trump telling him that he should release the Ukraine aid and he just like wouldn't do it. Yeah. So his entire national security apparatus was like, please don't fucking do this. And he was like really trying to meet with them, but he said he couldn't get a meeting on the books with them because they gave a lot of weird excuses. And he was like, also, I think they were dealing with that time Trump wanted to buy Greenland. So they were busy. It's like Trump's Trump's own fuckery, like almost saved him because maybe if that meeting had happened, it would have been more explicit. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to see what starts happening next week. I feel like next week is the real kickoff. For sure. Because other than people like us who are obsessed and our wonderful listeners who hear us. Yeah. A lot of people... You, I always forget that a lot of people aren't paying attention to these details, but when public hearings happen, that's when you start getting clips online and it's being reshared and it becomes... Yeah, it becomes... It takes it to another level. Yeah, yeah. So there are going to be three public hearings next week, two on Wednesday, one on Friday. So you'll be hearing from us, obviously, next Thursday about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Yeah. So we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Our next segment, Woe Back Thursday, our new one. I'm We're excited. Really excited. This is my first Woe Back Thursday. Okay, so the context. Okay. Um, in 2011, Donald Trump apparently invited Audrina Patridge. And her mother. Amazing. Don't know Adriana Parches of the Hills fame. Yes. Justin Bobby's one time paramour. Mm-hmm. Um, invited them just to hang out and talk. And he sort of begins to 
solicit her involvement in Miss Universe in some way. Her mother is also there. And Audrina Partridge is a very beautiful woman. Of course. Her mother looks just like her. Also a very beautiful woman. So here's what went down. I've always watched Miss Universe. So actually being able to be a part of that would be amazing. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, thank you. The dirt is fantastic, Lynn, and you're fantastic. Well, thank you both you. very much. This is great. Thank you so much. I Come look here. forward to everything. I'll give her a small kiss. Oh, thank you. I'll give her a big kiss. Come All here. right, get it. Look at this. No. I just don't trust. Oh. I need a picture. Are you guys going to show that kiss? <laughs> oh, thank no. you, sir. You're great. Have a good thank time. You. Oh, God. You take care of yourself. So I was like, <laughs> what? What's going on? Like, okay. Maybe we just sleep wow. one more time. Oh, oh my God! Never gonna work again. Goodbye. Have a good time. Under, thank you. <laughs> Bye, darling. Take Bye. care. What nice people. Donald Trump did have soft lips. Ah. <laughs> ah. So I'll put this clip on Instagram too. <laughs> oh. But I thought it would be really—it's really gross to listen to. They didn't add kissy sounds. Doubly alarming is that my sister's name is Natalie Morales. Really? <laughs> <laughs> We've had to deal with this. There's an actress, Natalie Morales. There's a newscaster, yeah. Natalie Morales. We've dealt with this for many and times. And I like but... to be clear: he does kiss her mother basically on the lips. If you uh, didn't guess that, I don't know if you is... knew this, but our president kisses people without consent. He just starts yeah. kissing. Them. He just starts kissing them, and yeah. when, when, when you're on them like they, a bitch, they, they'll let you do it. So that's our Woe Back Thursday for I today. Mean, last last week, we world. did a pretty policy-heavy one, and this this week, I was wanted to do this. I One thing I will say about Adrena is there is a there's a clip of her that I've never been able to find, but I remember it so distinctly from the hills. She's talking to someone. I can't remember who she's talking to. Um but the, the plot of the whole thing is that Lauren's out of town. Yeah, that's the whole <laughs> that's plot. The plot is that Lauren's out of town. She's talking to someone. Is she and in Paris the, with Jason? The, maybe. <laughs> and this girl is like, you know, there are parallel universes. Like, like scientists have discovered like particles that could mean that like, you know, there are parallel universes in, in the center of black holes and stuff. And she's saying this to Adrena. And then at the end, Adrena goes, wow, it's so crazy that all of this is happening and Lauren isn't here. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. <laughs> it's crazy that scientists are discovering parallel universes and Lauren is not uh, even here. <laughs> I knew she shouldn't have gone to Paris. <laughs> what is he going to do? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is why this is why she didn't found Glossier. She mm. went to Paris. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Should we get into one more thing? Uh, if you want and to. And we'll do it quickly because this is yeah. following this clip. It's like too gross. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's too gross out. Um. The rapper T.I. is under fire this week after uh, going on the Ladies Like Us podcast and saying that he accompanies his 18-year-old daughter to her gynecologist appointments to ensure that her hymen is still intact. Yeah. So. Um, so many problems. So many layers. She's 18. Uh, hymens 18. don't mean anything. None of his business. It's not, it's not your business. It seems like that doctor Virginity should not construct. have a... Yeah. That doctor is... Yeah. Not it sounded like he the doctor was like, yeah, you, she needs to sign something for you to let her. Yeah. It's like if you say that in front of. Yeah. And obviously this girl is being coerced. So my hope yeah. is that this doctor actually read the situation for what it was and just tells T.I. Yeah. She's right. a, a, a Since gorgeous that, hymen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> every know. time regardless of what happens yeah that's my hope right. is that this a lot doctor of you guys sent us lots of information about the true purpose of the hymen and i've really learned a lot part of some it is, people don't have them yeah it's also it's part it's it's like our 
our bodies know that when we're kids, we poop ourselves. And mm-hmm. so it sort of keeps us from <laughs> um, really like getting UTIs, I guess, because mm-hmm. it, it covers that area if you are, had one when you were born. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so invasive and bizarre it's so and gross. reflective. It's just so tragic that like now everybody is thinking about this poor woman. I know. What's interesting hymen. is that people saw her on Twitter and she was liking tweets like criticizing him for doing this. Oh, so I wonder if That's on the good. slide she's like, thank God this came out. But even though, I mean, it's hugely embarrassing to have everyone know about your the details of your gynecological appointments. But yeah. it's like maybe my dad will stop doing this now, though. I feel like T.I. is not the type to stop doing it just because. And this, I said to you, I'm very upset because I just watched I the first season of Rhythm and Flow, which is amazing on yeah. Netflix. It's like a competition rap multiple show. People ha- multiple people have said this. And T.I. is one of the judges and he's wonderful the whole yeah. time. And I've been telling people to watch the show and I'm like, you don't even, <laughs> who knew that T.I. is like an angel? Yeah. I love T.I. Literally singing T.I.'s praises for weeks yeah. and now I look foolish. I know. Oh no. <laughs> I've said it multiple to multiple people I, and I can't even retract the statement. I know. That's the thing. It's like people have new projects that like either redeem them or like put them into like make them adored and then they do interviews promoting it and it's like, well, okay. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's like, maybe just don't talk about your daughter's hymen on Ever. a podcast. Right. I hope he learned a lesson. Yeah. And I hope anyone who was like thinking about talking about their daughter's hymen learned a lesson. Yeah. Or their son. Yeah. If it's not your hymen, keep it out your mouth. <laughs> In all ways. <laughs> I'm standing by what I said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just was like reading very specifically about like what it's shaped like and its texture. And when you said that, I just felt it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is the, absolutely been the grossest 10 minutes of the podcast yeah, literally ever. ever. And I do think Recommend it's Recommend us to your friends. <laughs> Um, yeah, guys, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, this brings us to the end. For vagina talk and liberals. Uh, we do have an interview after this, though. Yes, so yes, stick stay around. tuned for Christina Reynolds of Emily's List. And if you are subscribed to our newsletter, remember that we do have an ambassador program that's linked in the newsletter every week. You can give it to your friends, then you'll get cool prizes, pop yeah, we actually We really do send them out. And if you send us on Instagram, hey, I didn't get it yet, we're like, well, we'll look into that yeah. and we'll make and sure you we'll get it. And then we'll send it to you. Yeah. Okay, Elise, that does it for one more thing. So when we return, I'll be here with Christina Reynolds of Emily's List to talk about women's electability and the 2020 elections. Okay, we're back. This is Amanda, and I'm here with Christina Reynolds, who is the Vice President of Communications for Emily's List. Welcome. Hello. So excited to be here. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have heard of Emily's List with regard to grading of candidates and assessing candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, but wondering if you can sort of broadly give me a general overview of what Emily's List does. Sure. We started at a point um, only 35 years ago yeah. when no Democratic woman had been elected to the Senate of her own right, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, and since then, we've helped elect literally thousands of women um, from everything from city councils all the way up. Um, we've we have endorsed a presidential candidate. Yeah, um, we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, but um, lots of senators, lots of House members, lots of governors. We're really focused on state legislatures mm-hmm. because we've seen a lot with the abortion bans and things yeah. like that. A lot of stuff happening there, and we do everything from raise money for those candidates. Um, we try and get them attention. It's hard to break through in the media yeah. environment. Um, we help them set up their staff sometimes. You know, it depends on what oh, they cool. need help with. But we do, um, I went down and did debate prep with a couple of candidates at awesome. the end of last cycle. We get on calls. You know, we work with their consultants. We do all those things. Um, and I volunteered last weekend knocking doors for our election coming up in Virginia. Yeah. And um, we are, you know, 
we, we try and be just a, a one-stop shop for pro-choice Democratic women running for yeah. office. And it sounds like you provide support for their ongoing success, too, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that the people that you get behind are mm-hmm. also really set up for success right. when they get there. Who are, some, right. who are some names that people might recognize that you, you worked to put in office in 2018? Um, so many. Yeah, so that's awesome. the first, and there are, I, I, I hate to name them because you're going to leave like, them out. I feel like it's just so, that oh, answer. Yeah. I'm just like, so many is. It's so great. It's it is, um, It's a really powerful thing. Yeah. So um, Sharice Davis and Deb Holland, who were the first two Native yeah. American women elected to Congress. And Sharice was an MMA fighter who was also a White House fellow. So cool. She's great. Lauren Underwood, yeah. who was a, a, the youngest African-American woman ever elected to Congress. She was a nurse. She was a health policy yeah. analyst. God forbid we get some people who I know some <laughs> policy in Congress, right? Um, she was great. Lucy McBath, yeah. who you may know from, um, she was a, a gun violence protection activist after her, she lost her son to yes, gun violence. Right. And um, she's now a member from Georgia. Yeah. Um, what's particularly great about p- women like Lauren and, and Lucy is they're from, they're not from, um, they're from majority white districts, yeah, right? They're well, from Republican yeah. districts. And what they did was they went out and they talked to voters and they talked about issues that mattered to those voters. And here they are. And so yeah. it's a, it's a really amazing class. We've also got you know, you name it. I, I used to joke, like, if you want to, if, if there was a reporter who wanted to talk to a candidate, and I said, well, what do you need? Do you want a triplet who's also served in the military? Do you want yeah. someone who's, you know, been a foster kid, but done libs, this, yeah. but, right? Do the Mad Libs, and I can find you a candidate yeah. that we've worked with. Um, and that's that's really true. So it's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, awesome. So we're one way year away, basically yep. on Sunday, one year away from the next. I was saying earlier, it's like, Crazy. I think we're a year away on Daylight Savings Time Day. So it's like even Mother Nature is like, let's get let's this going. Get this, let's, let's race Let's ahead. move it along. Yeah. Right? So yeah. how many congressional and Senate seats are we looking at? Possibly oh. Democrats taking then. Um, so, you know, our in the Senate, um, we need to pick up four to take the right. Senate. Um we have Emily's list has already endorsed five Democratic pro-choice yeah. women in the Senate, awesome. um, and they're really great. Um, we are, have a few primaries that we're not in because there are multiple women in them, yeah. which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, so I think, and then and then you know we can elect some dudes too. They're right. great, right? Absolutely. Mark Kelly in Arizona is running a great race. Yeah. My home state of North Carolina, Tom Tillis is really really. Um, week and yeah. I think uh, I'm we from could North look Carolina at him. Too. Oh yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, and so I think he's he's got a tough primary himself. Um, so I think we're looking at um, seats being more competitive than people are, are anticipating now. Yeah. Um, and then in the House, I mean, we've already endorsed, I believe it's um, 12 women to flip seats. In addition to holding the ones that we um, supported last cycle. Um, and then um, some new open uh, Democratic seats that we want to fill with women. Um, they're open. Let's get a woman in yeah. there. Um, we are looking to flip more seats. There are still a few districts that Hillary Clinton won that are held mm-hmm. by Republicans. There are still seats that we just think the right candidate can get in there. Yeah. And we're going to see, I think we're going to see more retirements. If I totally. was a Republican yeah. in the House, I wouldn't want to be on the mm-hmm. ticket with that guy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you mentioned that... Um, People like Lauren Underwood and Therese Davids won in majority white mm-hmm. Republican districts. That's right. And what we really wanted to talk to you today was about electability. Yes. And uh, I think that's that that's my favorite word. Yeah, yeah, really, it is. And oh, I feel no. like you sort of you sort of got at, you know, people might have assumed at the beginning that those women were not electable. Correct. People tend to think Correct. women are not electable. Yep, that's right. But as you said, they they there was clearly an appetite. So Electability, the word itself, is not a gendered term. I, if, if but I feel it's like it, used as absolutely. a weapon. Yeah. 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 Um, I have a whole re- 
bear with me and just Please. jump in because I, I got a whole <laughs> rant. People in, in the office now know not to say the E word Absolutely. around me because I start <laughs> ranting. But um, you know what? I Googled we, your name and electability and, there and there's plenty. a rant, yes. right? There, there are multiple Twitter rants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all there. Um, here's the thing about electability. Electability is code for what we haven't seen before. Yeah. And so that's often women, right? We have never, and it's, and particularly when you look at the presidential race, yeah. and I can come back to that, but um, it's, it's what we're not used to, right? And so it's, sometimes it's a weapon against candidates of color of either gender. Yeah. So for example, Barack Obama was not electable until he yeah. got elected, right? Totally. Um, his numbers changed pretty quickly when he started winning primaries because people liked him, but they didn't believe he could win. Um, Donald Trump, was also, you know, we might argue mm-hmm. not what we're used to, right? Re- reality star says he can shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and still get elected. Mm-hmm. Says grabs yeah. him, but you know, yeah. I mean, we've all seen the. We I don't have to to right. <laughs> you know uh, worry about those. You you know what they yeah. are. Um, and for all of that, he was not what we're used to, and we assumed he was not electable. And that's my biggest frustration with the word electability is because we're bad at predicting it. Um, and the reality mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, we use it as a way of saying we need to go with what's safe. And what we consider safe is an old white guy, yeah. right? That's what, and that is still what most of Congress is. This is the most diverse Congress ever, but we're only, well, women are only yeah. 25% of Congress, right? And we've never elected a woman president. Some of us might note that she did get several million yes. more votes. Right. So America's clearly open to it, just maybe not all in the right places. Yeah. Um, but my argument is we also, we hear it a lot. And it's just not true, right? In, yes. in states like Michigan, which is a, obviously a big state, um, uh, you know, up and down the ticket, um, but particularly for the presidential, Gretchen Whitmer won easily. She's an amazing governor. We're so proud of the work that she's doing. Um, we had a state like Wisconsin where Tammy Baldwin, um, she had several million, I mean, I think it was like $11 million spent against her. It was more at one point in the race, I think in September, it was more than every other Democratic senator put together. Right. They just dumped all this money on Tammy Baldwin, and they called her race in Wisconsin the moment the polls closed. It was like, yeah, yep, wow. Tammy's good, wow. right? Um, and Pennsylvania, which is obviously another important state, Pennsylvania, um, prior to election night 2018, was the largest state with no women in their delegation. Mm-hmm. And there are now four really great women in the delegation. And so um, I think this idea that voters want voters have to go with what we've gone with before is so limiting. And when you look at a Barack Obama, you know, or you look at, I mean, a Donald Trump, right? Like we get it wrong. Let's stop talking about electability as if I understand the fear of. I want my party to win. Yeah. I want to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't get elected again. I'm all for it. So let's pick the candidate that we like and let's make them electable by yes. knocking the doors and telling our friends and, you know, and and helping them build the best campaign they can because that's what's electable. Right. There are so many. I mean, I, I will tell you, when we got in with Charisse, Charisse, um, she, I mentioned she was an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. She is a Native American, grew up single mom. Her mom's a vet. Um, she's a lesbian and she's openly, you know, yeah. um, uh, openly gay in Kansas. Yeah. You might not predict that was electable. And right. we heard a little bit mm-hmm. that mm, we heard a little with Gretchen, like, mm-hmm. eh, we're still looking for a more traditional candidate. Yeah. Right. Um, and the reality is both of them did very well mm-hmm. and are great in elected office. Yeah. So let's just, we just want to like, stop it. You know? Totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, talking about 
a woman's electability itself, I think, compromises their does. electability. It what totally are some other does. ways the media can undermine women's I think uh, electability. Uh, electability. I'm scared to say right? it. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I use it too. And yeah. like, no, you don't like that word. Stop it. Yeah. Um, I think we use a lot of. Um, so one of the biggest challenges I think that women face is this idea of authenticity. Yeah. And you know the reality is nobody knows what's actually authentic except for the candidate sure. and the person the most closest to them. Right. For all we know, Beto may not like skateboarding mm-hmm. or standing on tables. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think he does. But you know, <laughs> totally. But that's. That's his thing. That's how he is in public. We made assumptions about Hillary Clinton Mm. because she was someone who'd been in the public eye and fairly cruelly treated in the public eye for 40 years. And she held, you know, she she kept kind of her cards close to the vest. And so we made assumptions. And the reality is Hillary Clinton is a lady who like she after after a great speech, she enjoys a nice beer and a burger. Right. Like she's fun and interesting and all of those things and we assume that she wasn't yeah and we now because she is the only woman who's gotten to that point nationally she's all we have to compare these women that are running to and I think you saw that most clearly when Elizabeth Warren after her first day she had this great launch and she drinks a light beer and as a light beer drinker I was like good for you drinking your crappy light beer (laughs) like I'm for it Um, and my boss, Stephanie Shriak, who helped helped recruit Elizabeth into the Senate race, was like, yeah, that's Elizabeth. She loves to do that. Why are all these people saying it's inauthentic? Mm-hmm. And my take was ah. because they looked at her and they said, um, white lady of a certain age, she must be Hillary. Yes. And if Hillary were there drinking a beer, I would think that was inauthentic. Mm-hmm. The irony being, it's actually not inauthentic for either one of them. Right. But that's not the archetype that we have in our heads. Right. We have a certain view of Hillary as being buttoned up and, you know, and, and stiff, which I think, again, is unfair. But that's that's this view. And that's all we can yeah. compare the women to. Whereas with the men, we can look and we say, oh, yeah. he's a little Barack Obama. He's a little JFK. Yeah. He's a little Mitt Romney. You know, I mean, that's probably not a yeah. compliment, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we can throw all those things at them because we have more archetypes to look yes. at. And, you know, it's why on Emily's List, we really do believe the more women that run, the better it is for every woman to come. Yeah. Whether you win or lose. But but it's we're not there yet, right? Mm-hmm. We had to look at her. And it's taken Elizabeth Warren some time, I think, to mm-hmm. sort of let people see, hey, this is who she is, right? right? She's not the same as this other person. Right. She's her own person, and that's great. And, you know, I think um, we'll see if that comes with, with Kamala and yeah. Amy as well, yeah. but it's hard. And it is such a sort of a shame in a way that the main archetype that we have, it is Hillary Clinton. It's also a person that, like, happened. It wasn't just that Hillary Clinton was maybe people thought she was not electable in mm-hmm. 2016. It was that she had been in public life as a woman for so long. So long. I feel yeah. like people had associations that even though we've, we've largely outgrown, they yes. still were so strongly associated with her. And now yes. she's that archetype that yes. people are still. We yeah. all still remember the, I'm not going to sit exactly. home and eat cookies, right? Yeah. Or if we don't remember it, we've heard about it. Right. And now that's and a then, rallying yeah. cry, right? right? That's like true. Beyonce puts that up in her, yeah. um, in one of her shows. But at the time, she was pilloried for that. Yeah. And so, of course, like, then that's not what she, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, when you look at where politi- how fast politics has moved lately mm-hmm. on, on a lot of different issues and to think we've seen her. She's one of the only ones that we've watched go through yes, all these right. different issues, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think for some people, we kind of got stuck in a certain totally. mindset about her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So I'm sort of thinking ahead to like, I mean, I hear all the time, friends of mine, male and female, people mm-hmm. of all genders do sort of have this, are, are inclined to ask, like, I don't, I just don't know if a woman's electable. Yeah, the fear, right? Right, it's, right. it's sure. either a woman sure. or in this case you hear, I don't know if Elizabeth Warren specifically right. is right. electable. How should we respond to our friends and family when, when they say that? So um, I have I have a whole list yeah. that I do. Um, you know, it starts with Hillary got more votes, so we yes. know that, right. We know that the American people will vote for a woman. Yeah, that's been proven. Um, it's it starts a little bit with, and I can't help it. I worked for Hillary. You yeah. know, okay, Russia, Jim Comey, two yeah, letter. You know, yeah, yeah. da 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 da. Um, and still, yeah, and still, right, um, and still eighty some thousand votes, right? right? Um, but I think there's also. Um, it also starts with one. I just laid out those three states, mm-hmm. right? Those three states just elected a whole bunch of, you know, mm-hmm. of women. Um, and then we look at where we can expand, right? Yeah. And here's the reality. What happened in 20, we've done research on 2018 and how we won so many races yeah. with so many women. And it's, I mentioned Kansas, not just Kansas, Oklahoma, Kendra Horn. We've got a Democrat in here yeah. from Kansas. She's awesome. Um, and so we look at all these states and I'm not saying we're going to win Oklahoma on a presidential yeah. level, but what I am saying is the way that we won was that independent women came back home. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, women are going to save us all, thank goodness. But, uh, you know, we, yeah. um, we, you know, we didn't win Republican women, but a lot more women call themselves independent these days. Right. And they, they like the idea of a woman. Yeah, yeah. And I they mean, are open to the idea. And right. even if they're afraid of it, I, I will say, mm. you can even watch, um, if you just take Elizabeth Warren specifically, those electability numbers have been moving as her poll numbers go up. Yeah. Right? That's, and it's why those numbers are such BS, is right. that we, um, you know, we start to actually believe someone's more electable as they start winning. And sure. so I, I think part of it is that'll change yeah, as we get yeah, closer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, in, in the midterms brought 127 women to Congress. Mm-hmm. Democrats flipped 20, 24 of the, the House seats that Democrats flipped were from women. So I feel like the pointing to the facts, Yes, I think yes. as 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 women... Or you, we feel always like we have to justify things with theory and philosophy and sort of activist perspectives. But it's like, look at them. Look at the, the facts. Right, it's right the there. Fa- I mean, You're just ignoring. Win. We're I know. real good at it. It's, inter- yeah. it's, it's always it's been very interesting to me that Amy Klobuchar is not polling higher because she is probably the most electable part mm-hmm. based on her yeah. background. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't even factor think, in. I think she's starting to move up a little yeah, bit. She in is. The, you know, what what I love and what's so wonderful about having multiple women running is that I when when the race started I had to argue with reporters about there not being a women's lane. Like don't sure. they're not competing with each other. They're they're yes. all competing with, with everyone, right? And now what we're seeing is there's kind of there's a progressive lane. There's a more moderate lane, right? And Amy's making a play for yeah. that moderate lane. Like, okay, if Biden's not working for you yeah. I got to go, you know, here I'm an alternative. And and I think that's pretty powerful. I, I You know, you mentioned the 24 seats. I mean, I will tell you, last last cycle, we needed 23 seats to flip the mm-hmm. House. And Stephanie Shriok, our president of Emily's List, came back from a meeting with Nancy Pelosi. And she said, well, I just told... I just told the leader that we were going to win, flip the house with women. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. And I went to talk <laughs> no to our campaign people and I said, show me the 23s. And they said, no, no, I don't. Want yeah. I mean, she's being optimistic. Yeah. And they just kept coming. And we yeah. did, we, you know, we had one to spare, which was great. Um, but yeah, women are good at winning things. And I yep. think, um, you know, it's the funny thing is that Amy Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, and Elizabeth Warren have never lost a race. Yes, exactly. You know, yep. every man on that stage I has know. lost a race. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Do you think um, the idea of women's electability varies in terms of the type of role, whether it's we've been mainly talking about a president yep. and Congress, but there's also we're also highly underrepresented in governorships and in state legislatures where a lot of those really harmful 
yeah. policy yeah. that are being put through. It's a it's a great question. I do think it matters some. I yeah. think that people are more willing to see women as part of um, as part of a deliberative body where they're yeah. voting um, than as as the leader. It's why we see fewer women governors, I think, they still have a harder time than, let's say, the senators, right? Um, and our numbers haven't moved as fast. We did, you know, we like to say we did, we did this is true, we yeah. tripled the number of uh, pro-choice Democratic women governors last cycle, but we went yeah. from two to six. Yes, right, you know? right. So, yay, sort of. <laughs> yeah. um, if we triple that next time, then we're talking. Well, then we're talking, yeah. right? Um, but it's, uh, you know, yes, I think that is still, sometimes the executive leadership piece is hard. It's part yeah. of what I love about Nancy yeah. Pelosi being where she is, because, I mean, if there's anyone who has Donald Trump's number better than her, I don't know who that person I, yeah. is, right? Yeah. And you can't look at her and not see a leader. Totally. And someone who's like, got the got Congress in the palm of her hand, right? Mm-hmm. And God bless her. And so I think that the more we can see things like that, the better off we are. But it is it is hard. Yeah, yeah. And lastly, I wanted to know if you could talk a little bit about um, the race you guys are working on in Maine, the Senate race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's going on there? Well, we're very excited about uh, the Maine Senate race. Our executive director, Emily Kane, is from Maine. Oh, cool. Uh, Emily Kane from Maine. Um, yeah. Who, uh, so she makes sure, just like I make sure we focus on North Carolina. Yeah. She is. We're very focused on Maine. But we're also focused on Maine because Susan Collins um, has gotten away with, you know, proclaiming she's a moderate, with proclaiming she's pro-choice ish mm-hmm. um and sh- that's not how she's voted yeah. and you know I'm, I'm glad she voted the way she did on health care but that does not solve the, the 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 larger problems which is that she mostly votes with donald trump yeah she voted kavanaugh would not be a supreme court justice if she had not voted the way she did um she voted for gorsuch like put we that on a knew, t-shirt right I, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely and um and so we're we knew that that's a seat that we can win. We knew that she has become something that Maine doesn't, you know, doesn't like. Maine wanted her to be a moderate, yeah. as, as Olympia Snow was, as she was at one point, and and they don't support where she is right now. Mm-hmm. We we believe, um, and we're so excited about our candidate, Sarah Gideon. My favorite thing about Sarah Gideon, she's an amazing. She just recently the Speaker of the Maine House. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just a, a, a badass. But she also, the, she first ran for office because she got home and there was a, a message on her answering machine for her husband that said, hey, we want you to think about running for town council. And she called him back and said, I think I'm going to run. Yeah. And now, you know, she was the Speaker of the Main House. She's going to be a senator. Um, she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so awesome. So we're really excited cool. about that Cool. So where can people find out more about the work Emily's List is doing and how they can contribute? Yep. Emily'sList.org. Great. We have, um, and we make it really easy. We've got all our candidates there. So you can, you know, if you want to donate directly mm-hmm. to a candidate, it's all right on the website. Um, if you want to support our efforts, um, we... You mentioned state legislatures, and they're so big. Um, we're doing an unprecedented twenty million dollar effort on state That's legislatures wow. this cycle. Yeah, um, we're you know we just keep expanding. We like to say it's like the best problem to have that totally. there are so many women running. Yeah, we also um, we track the number of women who reach out and say, "Hey, I'd like help running for yeah. office." Um, and since the day after election day in 2016, we're at 50,000 women. Oh my god, which is pretty awesome. Oh my god, that's yeah. stunning. Wow. So um, and they keep coming in. Stephanie and I were talking one day, and we said, you know, every day we get a report, and yeah. and I wake up and I think today's going to be the zero day. Right? Today's <laughs> no. going to be the day that no woman signed up, and we have not hit it yet. That's awesome. And I love so that. it's it's I feel very lucky that I get to do this work. But yeah, emilyslist.org, come come see us um, awesome. and see where you can help. Great, sounds great. Thank, Thank you. you.
Betches.